Welcome to Speaking of Grace, the weekly message podcast from the Whole Life Church in Orlando, Florida. We're a multi-ethnic, multicultural, and multi-generational congregation committed to our mission of loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. We are committed to our vision of being a church without walls, fully engaged in serving the people of our community. Thank you for joining us as we continue Speaking of Grace. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege for me to be part of this family. And when I say this, I really mean it. Because this is a special place. This is a special church. And as I was preparing the message for today, I, I remember that um, two years ago, I wrote this email to Ken where I, we requested, Deanna and I, we requested to bring our membership here and join a small group. And here we are, two years later. We're still here. So I, um, I wanted to say this because one thing is to go to a church as a visitor, and another thing is to be part, being part of the church. And I can tell you, as a member now, I love it more. So just saying, if you want to be part of this family, you can go to our website and connect with us. All right, so today we are doing, uh, continuing the series Connecting Across, uh, and today they asked me to talk about connection across cultures. I don't know why, but they asked me, <laughs> and I'm here. So, Jesus, I'm just an instrument, so may you use me. I guess we can ask the question, why do we need to connect with other cultures? Why can't I just stay in my own culture? I believe that you are smart enough to answer that question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a little bit of my story. And let's, let's go. Let's, let, let me show you a little bit of where I used to live. So I was born in this beautiful country. We have some Brazilians in the room. We are here, and more specifically, here in Minas Gerais, uh, beautiful place, amazing, amazing food. Uh, Minas Gerais means uh, general mines, because it was a, the 18th century, it was a mining, very common mining place. So most Catholic, a mix of European, African, indigenous influences, it's, it's kind of hot over there. So nothing different from here. but. This is a small town where my mom was born, and she has 13 siblings, and, uh, and so my family is it's kind of big. This is a small town, but it's beautiful. I, I love going there, you know, riding horses, go fishing, and I love it. Then when I was 11 years old, I moved to Portugal, uh, this small country uh, right by Spain and France. Uh, I moved there when I was 11, as I told you, and I was in this city, Lisbon. So I told in the first service, and this information you need to know. You can forget everything, but this you need to know. Lisbon is a place where you're going to find the best soccer club in the world. Okay? It's called Benfica. Just saying. Don't forget that. So over there, uh, it's, it's most Catholic as well, a little bit colder than here or Brazil. 
And it has a very diverse population. It's a beautiful city. Portugal has a lot of story or history. And then I moved to France, um, very close to this small country, Switzerland. And as you can see here, sometimes people ask, oh, you're, you always say that you, you work in Switzerland. It was very close. It's literally from my house over there. It's walking, it's five minutes from Geneva, okay? So that's why uh, we have here this part of Switzerland that is a French-speaking part, and then we have the German, and then the Italian-speaking part. So this is where I, I, I moved there when I was 21. At the 21. northeast corner. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, let's go back here. Uh, yes, Geneva. So Geneva is the city uh, in Switzerland, cologne sur salève it's the city in France. It's a little by this right side. This is the Salève, the little mountain here. That It's not actually little. And then it's the first time that I moved into a Protestant city. It's, it's different. We can see a lot of differences. You guys know that the UN is over there and it's cold. So Floridians, you're probably not ready for it. Go visit, but not during the winter, okay? Then um, I was forced to interact or to connect with other cultures. But I remember when I was living there, and I came here in 2012 to visit the States for the first time, I had the feeling that this was the most diverse place I ever been. Um, and the numbers show that the U.S., uh, it's a place where, where most, has maybe the most cultural diversity, a place where cultures cross a lot, and that brings some difficulties and some opportunities. So here we talk a lot about challenges or cultural challenges than any other place in the world. Let me give you some numbers, because for right now it's just my opinion, but we have here the percentage of immigrants, international immigrants per country. So we see Australia, the, the Emirates, other countries here like Germany has a lot of a big percentage, Canada, and then the States. And then if we talk about uh, the list, we see here that the States has 15%. And, but these countries doesn't have the population that the States has. So when you go to the numbers, we see that we are by far the country that has the most amount of what we call uh, foreign-born residents, okay? So, if we see here, we are over 50 million, and you have Germany, of course, it's a smaller country, but still, it's 15 million probably, but we have a lot of uh, international immigrants here. And this is not a new thing, because if we see in the 1850s, was already a reality for, for us here. So maybe you feel like you don't need to interact with people from other cultures, but it's gonna happen, just because that's the reality for this uh, country. I think cross-cultural understanding, it's, not, um, it's, it's a journey, it's not a destination. I think building genuine connections uh, goes behind intellectual uh, understanding. I think it requires emotional engagement, a lot of respect, forgiveness, and a recognition that we share humanity. We are, we are all human. So have you ever felt that you could not connect with a culture? You, you could not understand another culture? 
I felt like that a few times. And I wanted to approach this topic not only from my perspective or my opinion, but just you know, taking some biblical perspective, a cultural and even an Adventist angle. Um, there's a city in the Bible that I really love. I really love reading about it. And I think this place was extremely diverse. They face some challenge that we face today. And so uh, the city of Antioch was multicultural. And I think we can learn some lessons from them. So let's check out this video uh, so we can introduce a little bit of Antioch. At the northeast corner of the Mediterranean Sea, one will find the city of Antioch, a few miles inland on the Orontes River. It is in a very important location because it links the eastern and western worlds. There was no important city located there until the Greeks conquered the area in the 4th century AD. When the Greeks conquered a new area, they brought their culture, art, architecture, philosophy, and religion to the region. The process of making a new area Greek is called Hellenization. The Greeks Hellenized the new cities in their empire. The Greeks built buildings in classical Greek style in Antioch, and it soon became an important city to trade, politics, and religion that connected the Eastern and Western worlds. In 64 BC, General Pompey of the Roman army captured the city of Antioch from the Greeks, and it remained an important city in the Roman Empire for many centuries. One can imagine the variety of religious conversations overheard in the city streets from the Greeks, Romans, Egyptians, and Phoenicians who established their places of worship throughout the city. Add to the mix a few Eastern cults and no small number of Hellenistic Jews who were brought to the city or migrated there when it was still controlled by the Greeks. It was a truly cosmopolitan city. Yeah, so as you can see, it's, uh, we can imagine that Antioch was probably not very different from what we see here in Orlando, for example. I think the major difference is their religion uh, even though we, are, we have a large population of Christians, but we have different churches. At, but at that time, it was different beliefs and other maybe religions. So let's go to the Bible and read Acts 15 uh, verse 1. And it says that some men came down from Judea to Antioch, and we were, they were teaching the brothers Unless you are circumcised, according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. So the brothers here are Gentiles. And Gentiles were people that were not Jewish, but they were attending church. Okay? Just making it simple. The Jewish, uh, they practiced daily prayers. They had religious dates. But the Gentiles, they were not familiar with these practices, okay? The Jewish, they, <clears throat> many awaited a coming uh, Messiah, and the, Jew, the, the Gentiles, they didn't really have this expectation. Uh, their beliefs about the divine and the afterlife was different. So the Jewish maintain, maintained some level of social separation due to their distinct religious practices and customs. But as you can imagine, the Gentiles, they were still navigating this new culture. They were facing some cultural differences. In Antioch, the Bible is telling us that in Antioch, some people 
are teaching that salvation could only come from a specific, specific custom or culture. In other words, they needed to become Jewish in order to be saved, okay? Imagine if I told you this morning that in order for you to be saved, you needed to become Brazilian. <laughs> Maybe some of you would not make it. <laughs> it's not your culture. I think the Brazilians were happy. <laughs> like, yes! So, imagine, I'm going to say in other words, imagine if I came here and I told you that there is no salvation outside of the culture of our denomination. And that, that, was, what's, what, that was what was happening. And family, that's, that's not the only time we see this happening. Uh, for example, when the Christians were trying to take the gospel to other countries in the 18th century, there's this author called Leslie Newbegin, a British theologian and missionary bishop. And he identified several problems in tra traditional missionary practices. And he says this, the West has often presented the gospel as part of the package of its own civilization. Okay? And this is very human. I think it's, you know, I don't want to say it's normal, but we each navigate the world through our own unique worldview. And our worldview is shaped by our backgrounds, by our maybe um, our values, experiences. And this worldview has an influence on how we perceive other people. And in a certain way, we all tend to believe our way of thinking, reasoning, and acting are relevant for everyone. And sometimes we forget, we forget those cultural variations. So let me give you an example of this theory that I'm telling you. If I put here these three words, kid, think, and live. Uh, if you, if you had asked me when I started learning English to read these words, I would not read it like I'm reading now. This is how I would read it. Kids, think, and leave. Because for years, I was taught, and my ear was used to hear that the I letter had the sound E and not U, like think, okay? Guys, by the way, English is very complicated. I'm just saying. But I'm here. I, God, you can use me. You can do whatever. But so I'm coming here with my own, and that's why we call it accent. So with my own worldview, what my accent. And I'm saying this, but for you, it probably doesn't sound right. Okay? But this is, this is how I perceive let me give you another example, because you know that I, I like throwing some French in my, my sermons. Uh, and this is a sentence in French. I'm not, I'm not lying. This is a sentence. And I'm going to read it for you. I don't want you to try and... It, ready? Ton, 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 ton gazon. Again? Ton, 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 ton gazon. And the meaning is, your uncle mow your lawn. So, now that you have the translation, it sounds better for you. Yeah. But when you see ton, 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 you're not, this is, I'm not familiar with this. This is weird. So, I think that 
This is similar to how we might initially perceive someone through our own worldview before, before truly getting to know them better, okay? When I moved from Portugal to France, uh, I started noticing some major differences in the way, the way people think. First, it was a Protestant area. Uh, it was cold, mountains, snow, and beautiful place. I started even assimilating their culture because I stayed there for 12 years. And because it was generally speaking, it was cold, I started socializing less and staying at home more often, for example. I started doing more things that could be, could be done at home, such as reading. And the dynamic of living in a cold country is different. And I understood that for these people back in the day, they needed to prepare uh, wood for fire. They needed to have food for six months. Uh, the, the sun is not, the, the, the days are shorter, so times matter. That's why they talk about Swiss time. And so when you live in these conditions, you develop different skills and a different way of thinking. In a warmer place, like where my family lives in Brazil, um, whatever you plant grows. There's a variety of fruits and vegetables, mangoes in the street. Can you believe that? And the, the reality is different. It's sunny most of the time, so they go out more often. They tend to do more outside activities, invest more in group life, or, and I would say that loneliness, it's not as much of a threat. But it's not better or worse, it's just different. And I'm probably guiding this uh, conversation towards the countries, but we can say even within the same countries, we have different cultures and accents, okay? Life is different from city to versus countryside or island or small country, big country. And I'm generalizing the countries because even within a country, there are different variations and within the same family, we have different personalities. But my point is, our way of thinking is shaped by the circumstances we grew up with. Our customs and behaviors are different because our environments are unique. And I know this is simple, but this is important for us to understand other people. That's why trying to understand the context, it's so essential. So going back to Acts, uh, Acts 14, verse 27, the Bible tells us that God opened, opened the door uh, of faith to the Gentiles. And this is something revolutionary. This is something different for this church. Gentiles didn't have the same theology. Gentiles and Jewish were different in the way they perceive and they practice religion. But the Bible says that they started coming together and loving each other, um, having this cross-cultural relationship. And the question is, how did God do this? Well, it took divine intervention. <laughs> but it happened. So we have the story of Cornelius uh, with Peter. And there is a before and after the story. And Cornelius was this devout and God-fearing Roman centurion, and he had a vision uh, that, in this vision, Cornelius was got instructions from an angel to go send his messengers so his messengers could pick, pick up uh, Peter and bring him so they could talk. 
Meanwhile, while the messengers were going to get Peter, Peter was having a separate vision. And the Bible said that he saw heaven open and something like a large sheep being let down to earth. And he contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told Peter, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And he said, surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure and or unclean. And the voice spoke to him a second time, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. And so Peter understood the message. And when Cornelius' messengers came, he accepted to go with them. And there is this beautiful moment where Cornelius and Peter get together. And Cornelius, he comes and he tried to, um, you know, go on Peter's feet, kind of showing reverence or, you know, respect, but in a, another level. But Peter is like, no, we are on the same level. And so let me just read some Bibles, some Bible verses here that I found it's very interesting, helpful to understand. Uh, Acts 10, 28 says, he said to them, you are well aware that is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. And this expression, impure and unclean, it's referencing the Jewish law of ritual purity. Verse 34 says that, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And then the circumcised believers who came, who had come with Peter, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Gentiles were receiving the Holy Spirit. They probably didn't have a lot of time in religion and understanding everything about the Bible, but the Holy Spirit was acting. And I believe that the, the, the people were connecting and loving each other. And there's this moment that in the Bible we see in Acts 11, 26, that says the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. And I believe this is amazing. This is one of my favorite Bible verses. Because now, this designation is leaving behind cultural and traditional assumptions and focusing on a person, on a relationship. And I believe this is the key for us in our cross-cultures interactions. It's to not focus on a crowd or a population but is really focusing on a person. In other words, not closing people in a box. And we can do that with God as well. If we focus on the specific circumstances of that person, we can understand that person better. I was working in a church and we were preparing a communion service. And uh, the people that were preparing service they were very worried and, and they had very specific expectation about the bread and about the, 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 the drink and the grape juice. And then 
they were trying to have everything in the way they always had, and I was a little bit frustrated. Um, and I told a missionary from Niger that was with us that Saturday, and I was sharing a little bit with him, and he told me, you know, Freud, in, in our reality, we do it with water, and we cannot eat bread. We try to have something to eat for this ceremony. But for us, it's just not affordable. And I understand that this was different for him, and, and it's okay, because it was the circumstances that he, he had. It was different. And we don't feel comfortable with, with change. I think we fear the unknown. Uh, when we encounter something that it's new or unfamiliar, we often feel confusion, uncertainty, fear. And sometimes we need an explanation. We need to categorize what we see so we can lose fear. And then sometimes we close people in the, in the box or we close God in the box. So. I wanted to do something that I forgot to do the, on first service. I wanted to congratulate all the non-English non speakers for coming to this church. And I also want to congratulate, I also want to congratulate our church for making space for all of us. This might not be your culture, this might be uncomfortable for you, this might not be part of our culture package, but you are going to grow. And we are going to grow because of you. Cross-cultural interactions bring us to a place of humility where we often face the unknown. These interactions will help us to develop what some people call the ability to adapt to change or intelligence. The ability to adapt to change. And that, this aspect, intelligence, has marked the, the development of our church. Our pioneers, they seem to understand that each time we would have a unique reality and for each place there are specific circumstances. They used to call present truth. We, our pioneers were a group of people that wanted to stay open. Open to revelation. Open to God, God revelation. So, we have some boxes here. And uh, I wanted to show you this one because this is whole life. We have our own culture. We have some uh, values, the Bible, worship, love, participation, uh, acceptance, and I think I'm missing forgiveness and grace. And we want to focus on one person because we are not, we are a church without walls. And so we want to focus on him so he can make the difference in our lives. And, and the Bible says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. Now is the time of the service where we get to respond to the sermon. And uh, I'm Stanley Pominowski. I'm the online worship host. So I have questions that have come in already online, but you can join in. You can just go to wholelife.church/live and join us there in the chat room and post a question. Um, I will say, Freud, uh, one of the biggest revelations to me was um, I didn't realize that Antioch was when... 
Christians became Christians. And I think that's really interesting that they, it wasn't until chapter 11 that they stopped considering themselves maybe Jewish and then went to there. I thought that was really interesting. That's beautiful. Um, All right. So a question that came in from someone who goes by the initials uh, SM wrote, uh, Paul understood the Gentiles and the Jews due to his background and God chose him Mm -hmm. to spread the gospel to the Gentiles. God includes everyone. What can we do to be sure we are including others more than we have in the past? Mm, That's a good question. Uh, I think it's very, it's probably asking specific for our church or just in general in life. I I was going to say, if I were to answer it, I'd say more potlucks is what I'd Uh, say. (laughs) Um. So so I I was going to do that point. Um, I think the whole point of the gospel is to create connection and relationships with God and with other people. Mm -hmm. And so... I've seen in the countries where people socialize more, the church tends to, to grow more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, I'm not saying it's scientific like that, but it's easier to connect people to Jesus when we connect with them in a human level first. When people come into a church and they see that they actually like each other, exactly. it's, it's easier to like, see. Like whole life. <laughs> like whole life, yeah. But I do, I do think that eating it's that's why we were talking about this in the first service uh one of the things that i love more about cultures it's trying their food Mm -hmm, and so connecting mm -hmm. through food is definitely something that is it's hard to be angry when someone's feeding you you know uh that's what it comes down to but if you have a baby and that baby's not fed he's gonna be angry at you i know what it is (laughs) yeah for the last five months yeah yeah it gets it gets better okay thank you (laughs) it gets easier i should say um well all right here's another question and i'm looking at the time make sure i'm not going over um because i'm keeping everybody from lunch so i just have to be careful so um but uh, i'm just kidding but um just uh pal uh, asked the question, just like a new way of understanding uh, circumcision was a post-Christ revelation, uh, could it be that Christianity should be more about continuing to find new ways to open doors rather than close them between cultures? Do culture, cultures open us more to, open us up to more growth in Christ? So we, I think in all cultures we have some uh, traditions. We, like for example, at that time they had circumcision. And then baptism comes with, mm-hmm. as a new way of uh, uh, maybe a rite of passage. Initiation, yeah. You know? So I think that's important. I don't want to say that the Jewish were bad people and the Gentiles were good people. I'm just saying I think every culture has good things. But sometimes, and I heard this from a, um, a teacher theolo- um, when I was doing my master's. Uh, he always told me, Freud understand that uh, tradition kills religion. Mm. So tradition mm. is important, mm. but it cannot, replace, it's, it, it cannot replace our relationship with God, with other people. So I think it's mm. good to take that in consideration. That's a whole other sermon. Um, yeah. <laughs> that could be a yeah. good topic. Not for me, maybe um, Pastor Ken. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time with that because we have um, another surprise announcement uh, that's actually, um, you haven't seen Ken today. Ken has, um, has a video for us. Let's check it out. Hello there, family. Last week, we wished Jeff well as he retires. And I know what a few of you are thinking. Well, 
who's going to be our member care pastor if Jeff's retiring? Well, I have good news. We have found somebody to fill that role. And that person is Freud Braz. Yes, the person who just got done speaking to you. So Freud is going to be taking on the role of member care pastor. He comes to us supremely qualified for this. He speaks four different languages. He has a huge heart. He's absolutely outgoing. He's going to be great when it comes to all the things that are involved with member care. I believe that. Your church board believes that. And the Florida Conference believes that. And so we are absolutely thrilled that Freud has agreed to take this on. And we want to welcome him into that role. Now, I know a few of you are thinking, well, Freud's moving from family life pastor. What does that mean? Who's going to be doing that? Let's not worry about that this week. We have somebody. But we're going to tell you more about that next week. Right now, I want you to join me in giving Freud a big round of applause as he moves into this new role. I, I, Deanna and I and Nicholas, we love being here. Nicholas told me that he loves being here. Uh, this is a great place, a special church. Uh, so I can just say thank you. I do miss Jeff, but I'm here to be an instrument and help you uh, to connect with each other uh, and um, empower you to have a good connection, uh, good connection and relationship with God. So before I pray, I wanted to tell you, next week we have a special guest speaker. It's Reverend Justin Schlieder, and he's from Stephen's Ministry, and he will speak about connection across hurt. It's also very important, so don't miss that, that opportunity, okay? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much. I never imagined that I could be part of this, this family, and this is just a, a healthy place to be. Thank you so much for providing this place for all of us. Uh, help us to connect uh, with other people that sometimes we don't really understand them very well. And uh, give us your Holy Spirit, uh, move, uh, do your work, your mission here through, through us and on, in us. Uh, thank you so much for this opportunity once again. In your holy name we pray, amen. All right, so Pastor Ken loves you. I love you too, so go love your world. Hi, this is Randy McGray, podcast producer and host here at Whole Life Church. Loving people into a lifelong friendship with God is our mission at the Whole Life Church, and our podcasts are designed to help facilitate conversations that help us grow together in that pursuit. Now that you've heard the message for this week, don't forget to check out the Whole Life Takeaways for this message. Swipe up in today's show notes and join the conversation. Speaking of conversations, each Wednesday morning we take a closer look at the week's message. That's right, the one you just listened to. We discuss practical ways to apply spiritual lessons and ask honest questions about the issues we face as Christians, all focused through the lens of grace. Your voice is a welcomed addition to that conversation. We encourage your thoughts and your questions by sending a voicemail or text to 407 965 1607 or send an email to podcast at wholelife.church. You can find everything podcast related on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And plan on spending every Tuesday evening and Wednesday morning with us as we bring you the Whole Life Church inspiration you love straight into your headphones. Thanks for listening and have a great week.